Well, hello, you're in the cool room. It's the friends in your ears who talk about beers. Just two friends at the moment. I'm uh, I'm David Griffiths and I'm joined by my friend, Travis Bristos. Travis, how are you? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm good, mate. We're recording a special little intro uh, to say that our plans changed after we sat down on Thursday night with the good people to discuss the Furious Five because we reckon there's enough content in here uh, for two episodes and that'll make it a bit easier for yes. people to listen to that is that is exactly it we're going to have uh two episodes um so we are going to kick off with the first episode um and then at the end of that uh you'll know when it's finishing and uh you'll be able to listen to the second episode straight after it's really uh both of them are excellent and um we really encourage you to listen to both but let's not take any more time on this introduction mate let's get straight into that sounds good me and my friend are walking to a bar on a cool winter's evening underneath the stars and we'll find somewhere well hello everyone it's the friends in your ears that talk about beers Yes, I'm still saying that. And yes, it's still The Cool Room. It's episode 93. We're creeping closer and closer to the ton. And uh, my goodness, we're in for a big night and a fun night tonight. Uh, You've probably already guessed that just by seeing who's going to be lined up to be guests. We've got not only Ben and Ben from Carwin Cellars, we're joined from Perth tonight by Forward Hops. And in an hour's time or so, we're going to have Mark from Adroit Theory joining us live from the US. To everyone who's in the Zoom room with us, thank you for being in the Zoom room, especially new friends. And for everyone who's listening to the podcast version, uh, we hope you've done the right thing and grabbed the Furious Five from Carwin Cellars. If for some reason you've got hold of the podcast and you don't have that uh, that beautiful pack with you, uh, I'd suggest pausing, jumping onto the Carwin Sellers uh, website and ordering it, because everything we're going to be talking tonight is going to be in the context of those beers, and you'll enjoy things so much more if you have them cold and ready to go. There's going to be three beers that we're going to be focusing on tonight. Uh, and I genuinely can't wait. I've already had a little sip of the first one. We've got the Rare Barrel Stone Age Love. We've got the Burley Oak Dream, and we've got the Gin from Adroit Theory to finish off with. Um, They are, to say the very least, three massive beers, both in terms of the percentage of them and just the size of them. We're not encouraging you to try and drink them all in the time that we've allocated for the podcast. We suggest that you, uh, if you're in the Zoom room, you make yourself a little tasting paddle or share it with people in the household that you have with you. Uh, Or alternatively, if you're on the podcast version, press pause between each of the beers. We'll make it pretty obvious when we're moving from one to another. That way you can maximise your your savouring of the flavours that are there in those cans. a really quick little spruik from us here on the cool room. Uh, we're in lockdown six in Melbourne, and now we have a curfew. We know that many of our friends around Australia and now New Zealand are in lockdown too. And we're really trying to put a whole lot of fun events uh, online for you to be involved in. So 
really quickly over the next week or two. We've got Golden Hills joining us tomorrow night. We've got our Sunday afternoon blind tastings where you can gather in the Zoom room and we send you beers that are all foiled up and we can try and guess them together. Uh, we've got Hop Nation. We've got Deeds, uh, some really big Melbourne heavy hitters. We're going to do a Saturday night trivia quiz, uh, which will be all beer related and it'll have some blind tastings in it. Uh, please check out our Facebook for details of all of those things. And um, I haven't even told Travis, my good friend yet, that we're lining up a, uh, a live get together which will involve both being uh, present with some, uh, some of our friends in Melbourne at a very prestigious bar in Melbourne and crossing live to one of our very good overseas friends at the same time. And I can see Travis looking nervous about that because he knows I have no idea technically how to make that happen. And it's all going to fall on him. But um, if you're a subscriber or if you're on our mailing list, you're going to have first crack at those tickets, even ahead of the venue uh, mailing list which was a lot of negotiation. Um, if I tell you it's after September, you might start to get a feel for what month it'll be in and what part of the world we might be dealing with. But um, Travis Bristos, having given you the uh, scary news that I just gave you, how are you, my friend? Welcome to Wednesday Night Podcasting. Hello, David. Um, yeah, I feel like my uh, my days as being a, a technical whiz were behind me, and now you're pulling pulling me back into the fold. It's um, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It does sound exciting, though. Can you name the venue yet? Uh, it's a CBD based venue. Well, it that has <laughs> it has view it has views of the Yarra. Ooh, I think I might know what venue that is. That's all I'm going to say. We will keep that to we ourselves. Quite and... Signed the deal, and That's no, the... not Beer Deluxe. Oh, awesome. Beer Deluxe and... doesn't have views of the Yarra. Whoever said oh. that in the Zoom room? If you held a mirror up at the right angle, you might sort of. <laughs> if you got it on the roof, maybe. <laughs> um, Please uh, introduce our friends, my friends, well, yeah, and let's sweet. get underway. We went. Uh, we went way off track then. Um, we are back talking to the guys from Carlin um, and the guys from Forward Hops in, in WA. Um, for a start, uh, Ben D and Ben C, I feel like this is becoming somewhat the norm. You guys were on recently and now you're back again. Um, all we've done this time around is drop two beers out of the lineup. So it's, um, it's good to have you, you guys back. Um, so, Ben, start off by telling us where are you guys at the moment? You're in Melbourne? Yeah, I'm in Melbourne. Yeah, unfortunately, stuck in Melbourne this time. Uh, unlike enough. last time when you were on the Gold Coast or wherever <laughs> it was, it was sunny or something. Um, yeah. We were also joined by the guys from Forward Hops, uh, Peter and <laughs> Peter and Dave, who are in the non-COVID state, I believe, in WA. Welcome, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's great. It's great to be uh, <laughs> be able to go outside, and uh, I feel like without a curfew. Yeah, I definitely feel like we're living in our own little bubble over here a bit and taking for granted. So um, we won't rub hats, it in. Tomorrow. Hats off to the rest of you. Uh, rub it, rub it in all you like. We've we've heard it all before. I reckon over the last however many months it's been. So <laughs> it's um, if I could get to WA and be sitting there with you rather than in Melbourne, I think we'd all be uh, much loving that than uh, sitting where we are at the moment. Um, we are going to kick this thing off. This is awesome. We're talking about the Furious Five Pack tonight uh, from the boys at Carwin. 
we are literally going to kick this off with what I think is a 2.7, uh, a rare barrel stone age love. It is, well, I opened it before we actually started recording. So I'm a good way into mine. Um, and I believe David might've done the same thing. So hopefully everyone's got that, that beer open and, um, and we can start, uh, start kicking things off. Um, before we sort of start talking about the beer though, guys, uh, how does it? How are you guys feeling about having this pack in the in people's fridges now? I mean, given the lineup of the beers, it must have been a uh, a hell of a task to put it all together. Well, it's just it's relief to get it out. Really, it was the 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 shipment that everything was going wrong with, and I'm sure that the Ford Hops boys can enlighten you a lot more. But it's bloody good to get it out. Couldn't have said it better ourselves. I mean, it's been a lot of build-up, a lot of anticipation, and uh, it was it was great working on a project, you know, like um, like this with Carwin. I mean, it's not our first first time we've sort of teamed up with the guys, but we um, we love to push the boundaries and sort of and and get what we can off of the breweries, uh, especially for exclusive little projects like this. And and um, with the lineup of beers that we did end up managing to get up in there, we're we're, we're really stoked. We're happy and. For them to be out in the public and you all to be able to try them, I mean that's 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 awesome. It's it's great to share a beer with everybody. It was a nightmare though. It was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> we'll not will not try to hide that at all. It was a nightmare. Um, what was just kept going in circles. While well, what was touched on, um, and it's Murphy's Law, was. Um, we waited, we held off, we waited, we held off as much as we could with the local guys um, and the Bens were great about that to try to get that 12 beer um, black box project um, to, to come to fruition. And uh, typically um, we said, no, nah, no, nah, guys, go ahead, um, get the local guys stuff out there for the, the, the Magnificent Seven and uh, – Sure enough. <laughs> the shipping arrives. The shipping arrives. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. But hey, well, as we touched on earlier, what do you do? You gotta roll with the punches and um and it allows it, us it, 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 it still happens. So. It allows us to do something uh, hopefully non COVID uh in the future, the the black rock box project. It Watch is yeah. it is yeah. kind of that COVID mentality when you're trying to bring stuff in from overseas at the moment and you know, delay, delay, delay. We've had a couple of times when we've had meet the brewer sessions where we've had to push them out because we couldn't get stock in from from overseas during COVID. And um, it's kind of just the world we're living in at the moment. It's um, it is what it is. Before we move on, we we're, we're going to start talking about the flavors of this beer. I feel like the longer this is sitting here, the better it's getting. Um, Peter and Dave, can you give us a bit of an insight uh, into into your you guys and where you guys have are from what tell us a bit about the forward hop story take it away or me yeah go on you, <laughs> you tell a story better than i do yeah try shut me up um look we we were dan murphy tragics to be honest with you um <laughs> when, when, honestly we were we were we were dan murphy tragics being that we're in mandra uh, which is an hour south of perth and we didn't have access to um a local and we, we really still don't um a local dedicated craft store there's a few here that we supply now but um so our, our main guys were uh pardon the pun main liquor um that that introduces to um the, the craft beer scene and um 
Pete and I being boilermakers, a uh, bit of time on our hands in the mining game. Um, I approached Pete one one uh, night shift. I think we were just, uh, you know, talking about certain craft beers that we'd, we'd been trying. And uh, I said, oh, why don't we do that ourselves? Why don't we give it a shot? And um, it all stemmed from our love of Omnipolo, which is uh, was a very rare, rare sight to see here. Um, it was snapped up um, in an instant. They didn't really even bother putting Omnipolo on the shelves of, um, of, of craft beer stores here um, when we were just getting into the game. So that was sort of that, it's not what you know, it's who you know, um, hmm. sort of backroom stuff. Um, and yeah, that, honestly, we, we wanted to we wanted to get access to more rare and, and lucrative stuff like that. And, you know, just the, just the real craft stuff and... Um, we saw a gap in the market and um, we, you know, we jumped at it. We learned a hell of a lot. We learned a hell of a lot. Um, the Bens were there from the, the very get-go, which, uh, you know, we, we're extremely thankful about. Um, they supported us from day dot. And, um, yeah, we've, uh, yeah, just well, two these guys, guys. These guys contacted us. And I think one of the first breweries that they had on board was Toppling Goliath. And I'm like, holy shit. All right, we better, better take notice of these fellas. Amazing. It actually went back even further than that. I remember you boys contacting us when we first had that against the grain shipment um, land with some Bowen yep. Luke and stuff in it. And um, I remember when we had that pallet of land, we hit up the, the guys from the other side brewery here in Western Australia and we were packing the pallet to go over to Victoria to yourselves um, in this cool room. And I remember Dave and I shaking our, shaking our tits off in this cool room. You know, like, <laughs> and we was, we're, we're drinking this... Um, Citra last yeah, I think it was. And I uh, just remember that euphoric feeling of absolute happiness that, you know, like it's finally happening. We're, we're, in, we're in the industry, the foot's, the foot's in, and you're like, um, how do we build on this? And how do we learn and adapt and, and um, keep everybody happy and keep pushing boundaries? So it's been a, been a big evolution from, as Dave said, hunting from that original Omnipolo beer, the Noah Pecan Mudcake Stout, I think it was. Oh, nice. Um, Have I reckon which, that's you know, the... That's the nicest cool room story we've ever heard. Normally we ask people what's happened in the cool room that they remember and it's something exploding or someone doing something they shouldn't be doing. I don't think I've ever heard such a feeling of ecstasy that's um, legal in a cool room before. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't have put it better yourself, feeling of ecstasy. It certainly was at that moment. You WA boys have turned us into a PG pod- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Trav, I'm going to, I'm going to quickly to cut across you there. Given that we've given that we've got the guys telling their story a bit, we have a lot of international listeners as well. Um, hello to everyone in France. It's just odd we see our stats. France appears to be the the one this month. Um, not everyone in France might be familiar with Perth, and I'm not being smart. Can you sort of give a bit of an idea about what Perth is like? As I was going to say, a town and that to do, as a city. It's a town. And, um, you know, if you guys work in the mining industry, just paint us a bit of a picture of Perth so that people can sort of learn their way around. It's it's it ain't Melbourne or Sydney, is it? Absolutely not. Uh, hot, hot. Um, our, we were touching on uh, earlier. Our uh, version of cold is about ten degrees, fifteen degrees. That's when we start to put jeans on. It's like, oh, yeah, it's cold. Um, it's about eighteen degrees at the moment. I'm looking for a jumper. We. Um, we are very much mining based. Uh, I, I feel um, I've worked in the mining game for oh geez, going on 
18, 20 years, I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, currently, that's still our role. Pete and I, we work on the same crew together, but uh, we do night shift, which, believe it or not, um, allows us direct access to the guys in the US and any questions we have to ask of breweries that we do find. Um, we, we can do it in real you know, time. We're real time. Um, but yeah, Perth in itself, uh, it is weirdly our uh, biggest market uh, to to the beers that we bring in. Um, we, we, we we ship it direct to Fremantle Port and uh, 50% of it probably stays here, I would suggest. And um, yeah, look, it's... Again, I think that was yeah. touching back on your first question, what got us into it. Um, the fact that we couldn't find that Omni Polo beer uh, sort of frustrated us a little bit into finding that gap in the market that Western Australia was so far behind on the craft beer scene. So um, bringing beers to WA and sharing them with all, you know, that was that was a big part of it. But but Perth um, in itself, it's uh, it's vast. <laughs> We've got a lot of sand. It's step right sand, up in it's the... Hot, it's, um, it's spread out, you know. Nothing's, yeah. nothing's really compact compared to all the other cities in Australia. I feel like we're very... We're very spread out. You've got to travel to get anywhere, essentially. It's expansive. And um, the, the craft beer game still has a long way to go here, uh, I believe. Um, the breweries, though, um, you know, we've touched on other side already. Um, they're doing good things. Um, you've got your Rocky Ridge and your beer farm guys and that. They're, they're all brewing sensational beers. And I'm hoping that you guys get a, a bit of a saturation of those over there because they are definitely worthwhile hunting down and um, giving it a go. Oh, yeah, we, 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 get, yeah. yeah, we get most of them because the market's so much bigger over here. It's worth, you know, Hamish and those guys sending beer over. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting because you touch on it now that Perth's behind. When I left 16, 17 years ago, yep. Perth was so far in front of anywhere else. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. Then you open up. Then you open up a bar in Victoria, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Took everything away. Three years us. after I left, you send it into the stratosphere. <laughs> but, it, but seriously, like I was working in shops over there, and you know, you had the beer, um, the beer store, um, the old Phoenix oh, yes. original yeah. location, and those guys getting all yeah. sorts of stuff, and the grey market guys that are still around, a few of them. They'd all say we're sending sixty or seventy percent of what we bring into WA. Yep. So it is a it's a it's a big market. It is a big market, as I say. Uh, we're very thirsty. Uh, uh, well, yeah. that, that might be the difference. <laughs> for that. Um, yeah, fifty percent of uh, the product that we bring in stays here, and twenty five percent of that's in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you sell more of certain styles over in WA, boys? Yes, hazy IPAs. <laughs> to put it lightly, hazy IPAs and uh, pastry stouts are huge here. Is there any other beer styles than hazy IPAs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know many. That's the same styles they sell in Melbourne. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, on that on that note, we are gonna we're gonna move forward because I feel like if we don't move on to the beer, I'm gonna be done with the beer and it could get uh, could get messy. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kick things off a bit differently. Anyone that purchased the Carwin Furious Five Pack would have received their uh, their lovely glasses that we're all drinking out of uh, tonight. And this beer in particular looks absolutely amazing in the glass. It's it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, 
let's have a chat about uh, how important do you guys uh, think it is to look at a beer like this in the glass before tasting it, like the smell or look? Oh, so it's a fantastic glass for this beer, isn't it? It's quite similar to a wine glass, really. So it's really giving pronounced aromatics. Um, and uh, obviously it, look, it looks beautiful in the glass, but what do you reckon, Carlin? Yeah, this is, I really like these glasses. I know the forward hops guys, I sort of pushed for these. Um, I think too much beer is drunk in glassware that doesn't um, accentuate its the beer's features. Um, so, yeah, I reckon they're looking great. I love this beer. But uh, this is, I've been doing this a long time. This is one of the few breweries I'm a bit of a fanboy of. Uh, now, yeah. could- can I ask, can I jump in there? And sorry, Trav, to jump across you there. First of all, we discussed the glassware a lot in the last episode that you were on. <laughs> so we really do refer people back to that one if you want the yeah. really extensive sort of discussion on that one. But we also discussed your love of wine, Ben C. And do you reckon that might be a little bit of a clue as to why you love some of these beers? Is it sort of yeah. similar flavours and, you know, as a, yeah. as a wine connoisseur? How do you approach so a beer like this? I, five years, probably six years ago now, I didn't drink beer at all. Um, beer is not my first drink of choice. Never has been. Probably never will be. Um, but things like this, they're not what you would term beer from when you were when I was growing up as what people thought beer was. You know, you remember I grew up in the days of Swan Gold and MU Export and there's a couple of others. You know, hey. the first shop I worked in, I am not joking, VB was a special beer because it just didn't come to WA. Drinking out of a can <laughs> before they had a plastic line around them. Yeah. <laughs> not quite that old, but yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's why I like these sorts of things. And I like breweries that balance the beer and spend some time doing it. I think... This is a, one of the best balanced rare barrels I've ever had as well, yeah. I might add. It's got a fairly restrained acidity for rare barrel. Um, so it's really everything. You've got the, the juicy, obviously, fruit character. Got a bit of tannin in there. It's not over-fruited either. Um, so sort of all the elements can really, really shine. Yeah, it's... I'm finding that it's changing a bit as it's warming up. And like I said, I, I cracked mine before we started recording. So it's it's been sitting around for a bit. How's everyone else finding it as they're drinking it? And, the, and um, Ben D, you might know a bit more about this than the others. I mean, there's definitely a shift there as the longer it sits and warms up. Yeah, definitely. I think it's... um. These guys are also like, they're real fruit brewery. There's no concentrates. Um, yeah. This is it, fantastic. I, I very can, tasty. Yeah. I, Pretty I much any, any time yeah, A nice <laughs> summer afternoon. Yeah. I'd, have to, I'd have to resonate with uh, what Ben um, Duval is saying, that it's the one of the more restrained in regards to acidity that um, and, and just that pure punch you get. And it's... 
Beautiful. I, I actually really, really like this. And um, we've got Pete and I share the um, 750 mil bottle, bottles of rare barrel that we've got, you know, that we sit around for a little bit to, you know, just there's a time and a place in, in my eyes for uh, for rare barrel beers. And, um, yeah, look, this, this one's smooth as. It's great that it's coming in cans uh, as well. I was going to say, it's a good reason they put it in a can. Yeah. First but, can, first can, can into Australia, by the way. And uh, I believe. First can uh, off the line, I'm pretty sure. Don't hold me to this, is the first time they've actually exported cans. So. I think this is the first first rare barrel sour in a can. That's not yeah. a. Yeah. No, nah, there, there was another Asia one. Okay. There was another one. Ah. There was the, the glittery. It wasn't the yeah, was, <laughs> It was the IPA, wasn't that it? That was a sour IPA. The first, yeah. the first can that I ever seen was uh, a sour IPA, and um, and then yeah, but this is the first canned. Man, um, we we tried these those sour IPAs um, at the true. brewery in <laughs> 2019, <laughs> and they're fantastic. So yeah. the way that Rare Barrel do their sour IPAs is they blend mature um, barrel aged wild ale with freshly brewed IPA um, ah. and because they're blending, they're able to get the balance absolutely perfect. And it's a, it's a thing of beauty when they get it right. So well, I, mean, I guess that kind of renders the question, have you ever been to the brewery a bit redundant, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell them, you tell us the story of that. So well, you know, it seems know, like a dream we're... at this point, but I'll let, <laughs> Carwin give his recollection. Yeah, tell us where it is. Tell us what Ooh. it looks like. Paint that picture for us. <laughs> so we um we went to the US for Piso and Ben and I and Charlotte did a massive trip through both the East and West Coast. Um, and one of the bits of the trip was we're driving up to Russian River, we're going to the Napa, and then we're coming back through San Fran. I think is the order we did it. Um, yeah. Specifically to visit Rare Barrel. Um, happened to rock in the cellar maker as well, which was pretty nice. Um, but Jay from Rare Barrel actually went to uni at La Trobe in Melbourne. Um, has a pretty big affinity with Australia. Has come back a few times, been over for Australian National Homebrewers Conference once or twice. Um, and so I think when Fort Hop sort of got in contact, went, he went, yes, we'll send beer to Australia because I like Australia, basically. No. Uh, that's basically how it went. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, and then we're because like, we're, we're actually nuts, we agreed to take the entire first shipment that came into Australia through Ford Hops. <laughs> we're still so selling some of it. <laughs> that's yeah, right. I, uh, I re- distinctly, distinctly remember a conversation with... Uh, Mr. Carwin, um, at Good Beer Week, that uh, <laughs> it, went, it went something like, "You're the you're the number one holder of uh, of the, the the top spot of uh, invoices that we've ever been sent by a supplier." <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I, I sort of went, uh, "Yeah, because you got a whole pallet of rare barrel." <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, though. It is. It's phenomenal stuff. Um, I reckon it's the sort of thing that you could, back in the old days, you could uh, have a ship sink and people would be hunting for it for uh, buried treasure under the sea. <laughs> um, it would last that long and it would be still tasting phenomenal. 
years and years and years. The other thing to note with Rare Barrel until, I mean, a couple of years ago, they didn't have their own brew house. So sour IPAs that I'd forgotten about that Ben reminded me of that we tried when we were over there and all their other beers um, were, I think most of them were made at Heretic and, and trucked in. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, but I think it was probably 2019, late 2019, early 2020. They've now got their own brew house at Rare Barrel. Um, so they took out some of their larger photos and things and put in a brew house to give them a bit more room to work in the back corner. Um, there's also, does the people know the story of why it's called the Rare Barrel? Yes, and uh, I'll let you say that and then I'll... <laughs> I don't. I'll smile distinctly in the background. Most of our listeners probably, some of them probably do, some of them probably don't, but uh, I reckon, Ben C, that's a good story to tell. So I'll probably get the order of the breweries wrong, but the the rare barrel is actually a barrel, and it was a Russian River brewery first barrel called PH1. It's been to New Belgium. It's been to the Rare Barrel when they started. Um, and there is actually a Rare Barrel vehicle, PH1, that if anyone can get one, I want it. Um, yeah, please get me one. Um, I've been I have one. one for ages. Labelled, um, sitting over the back in one of these breweries, and um, yeah. it brought tears to her eyes. Um, she thought it had been lost. Um, yeah. As you said, it's been lost numerous times. And... Um, she saw it in the back, sparked up a conversation with the, the said brewery and then um, realised it was, yeah, the rare barrel and, um, and, and, and then got hold of it. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's a crazy story. It actually is. If anyone wants to Google it and read it, it actually sends shivers down your spine in regards to how long it's been around, who's used it, just the significance of the said barrel yeah. is crazy. And it's been it's been used source culture for a whole bunch of breweries, all over yeah, all over the west coast, all the way out the west coast basically. Yeah, and Jay just claimed it for his own brewery. Yeah, Jay claimed <laughs> the name, and then I think Vinny came to see him and saw it and went, "Oh, that was my barrel." So I'm pretty sure it's now back at Russian River. Yeah, <laughs> That's I was fantastic. actually going to bring the. Um, I was going to bring the bottle of uh, PH1 because I knew it would come up as soon as we were talking about um, the rare barrel and uh, I totally forgot about it. So apologies there. But uh, yes, we it was meant to be a somewhat a surprise for the Benz and we were going to take it over to Good Beer Week uh, earlier this year. But thank God we didn't go to Good Beer Week because we would have been stuck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, when we were there, there's there's still a few bottles in the, the rare barrel cellar. Um, unfortunately, Jay couldn't meet us when we were at the brewery. We met him afterwards at the, the beer at Firestone Festival. And I'm like, oh, there's some PH1. How do I get one of those? And it is, Jay says you can have one, basically. So. Well, there's a little, we often ask people, you know, where overseas would you go to have a beer? And I think, um, I think we've just got another know. answer that, you know. Yeah. We can, uh, everyone who's on the podcast tonight can legitimately argue on their tax return that they had to go over there for work now. We've been advised. <laughs> yeah. Mugs has just found the ripoff label. 
<laughs> oh, that's a, well, that's an interesting point. We were discussing this before we hit record. Um, the can has a, has a little label on it to, to tear off so that you can uh, recycle the can. Um, I'd never seen before. Someone mentioned that Garage Project do it a bit. Um, great little concept. Probably should be used more widely, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I want to pull it off just to just to try it because it seems yeah it is. Yeah, that's it's cool. Easily. We even got the sound effect. Concept. That's awesome. <laughs> I do wonder, even though it's a great concept, um, whether or not people actually utilize it, which would be an interesting do you just have one too many beers and just pick up your beer cans and put them in the bin? Or do you remember that the next morning to peel the, the label off and recycle them? So, yeah. I reckon we're going to pause for a couple of minutes. Um, move on and we'll then uh, move on to the next beer. Uh, so if everyone wants to head to their fridges and, and grab that next beer, let's take a, a couple of minute break. Um, I'm going to give us a clap so that I've got an editing point. Um, and and hey can I guys. ask a question of the Carwin and the Ford Hops guys? Do you reckon we should be getting beer number three, which will be the uh, Droit Theory Gin, out of the fridge now as well, just to let it sort yeah. of warm up a bit? So Absolutely. Absolutely. You mean, you mean yours was in the fridge? Yeah. <laughs> it's cold here in WA. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 15 degrees. 15 degrees. It's bloody freezing. <laughs> so there's a great bit of advice. Go and grab uh, both the dream and the gin out of your fridge. And we are back. We are hopefully all opened our next beer. I think this is an absolute brilliant uh, beer. The Burnley Oak. How are we saying it? Jam? Dream. 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 Oh, of course. That makes perfect sense. Dream. Um, strawberry, apricot, marshmallow. Could you get more flavors into a beer? Um, maybe. They're pretty good flavors, though. Uh we're going to kick this off. We're going to hear a bit more from the guys from Forward Hops. We've already had a bit of a discussion with you blokes uh, earlier on uh, where you got your start and so on and so forth. Um, you guys are no doubt sitting there drinking the beer as well. I can see it must still be sunny over there, is it? What what time is it in Perth? Yes, it is. It We're is. pretty lucky. Uh, time is 5.23, so it's it's... It'll be getting dark soon, but at the moment, yeah, we're still enjoying a bit of it. We're all in the glooms of Melbourne, and you're sitting there in the sun. We can hear the birds chirping in the background. Um, now you started off in the glooms of Melbourne, all right? There's not a, there's not a <laughs> breath of wind around, mate, that we can paint the picture for you. Uh, it's it's a beautiful, balmy evening. Um, I have a, good, a jumper on because, again, as I say, it's gone past 15 degrees, so uh, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I really do. I really do feel like we need to get the bird sort of spotters on to tell us what bird that is. That they can identify by those little tweets. It's we don't get that bird over here in Victoria. No, we don't. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, there is a lot going on in this beer, guys. Um, 
like there's there's a there's a lot happening uh flavor wise so i might we might do this a little bit differently we've we've done this once or twice before let's start with the forward hops guys um give us a bit of a breakdown on on what you guys think you're tasting and then we might go around the room to david and then onto the bends see how we all sort of sit and feel about uh about what we're tasting this beer Trev, can I be a little bit controversial and seeing I've already done so, cut across you for a moment. We talked about the colour for that first beer that we had. For me, it's the nose and the smell on this one, even before we get to the tasting, which I think is, uh, you know, I'm sort of getting, you know, lots of apricot nectar, a bit of coconut, um, even before I get to, which wouldn't, lead me to expect the ice cream flavors that you get out of the out of the actual taste of it mm. but then that nose is just magnificent just by itself like i could i could smell this beer for an hour yeah i think yeah that yeah um i've i've been someone that constantly makes reference to cream ales that i've had in the states and other places in the world and it never really it, well, it's it's never really taken off here in Australia, but uh, this is very much what I was uh, always talking about. It's a shame that our good friend Corey isn't in the room tonight, or he might be just not on video, but um, uh, he'd be making a bit of fun of me right now because I've <laughs> constantly been asking for an Australian cream ale and it's yet to really happen. And like, it's the smell is amazing. It's it's yeah, got everything really going is. on in it. Um, what about you guys? Well, I suppose I better start things off with a bit of honesty. Um, I've got the palate of a palate of a retired coal miner, and um, <laughs> I've got a worse one. And I think Dave's might even be worse. So, um, before we start preaching what we're smelling and hearing, I'm tasting. Uh, <laughs> we're um, yeah, we're absolutely hopeless, and uh, I'm not going to try and fool anybody into pretending that I know what I'm talking about. I like I like beer, and if, if it goes in my mouth, then I'm I'm satisfied. I'm happy, but. You're exactly right. You um, when I'm on the nose, it, it, you can immediately tell that it's not going to be overly sweet. Um, you get everything through the nostrils and uh, through the nostrils. Where else am I going to smell it from? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's exactly as you described in an ice cream ale, and uh, I just couldn't be happier with that balance upon your know, first sip, fruit, acidity that ice cream, that marshmallow fluffiness that you get. It's just, it's such a balanced beer. I'm so, so happy and so excited that the Dream Series has finally hit, hit Australia. Mm. And um, you can see why they're so renowned over there. I'm, um, I'm quite glad that, uh, so for me, uh, I'm, I'm a, not a huge fan of marshmallow in, uh, in, in beer, put it that way, in regards to the, the overpowering flavour that I get from it. I don't eat marshmallows, um, you know, just in a general day to day, they're not a they're not a um, lolly that I go to, and uh, you know, even toasted marshmallows is not something that I get excited about around a campfire. So, marshmallow for me is uh, an overpowering flavour in beers, and this particular beer, I'm so thankful that they haven't overpowered it with it. Uh, it's just adds to the the mouthfeel, if you will, um, the, the 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 fluffiness that Pete says um, I don't get a hell of a lot of it I get a hell of a lot more strawberry and uh, and that apricot nectar which I'm I'm very thankful for because as soon as I saw marshmallow I went oh 
Jeez. <laughs> I think the marshmallow yeah. comes through more as like a vanilla. Yes, sort of, it does. As, as, yeah. as Trav was saying, you know, like that ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're sitting down enjoying like a nice little, little ice cream fruit with lots of fruit and it's just such a fun, enjoyable beer. I mean, you can drink that. Imagine that on a summer's day, like we are right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> rub it in. Ah, rub it in. <laughs> yeah, no, it's brilliant. Um, I'm very happy. Uh, ben D, what are your yeah. thoughts on this? I think it's definitely not my favourite style of beer, but I think it's very well done for what it is. It's it's a fun beer. It's a it's a bit of a silly beer for me. It's probably best drunk out of a shoe. <laughs> what do you reckon, um, Dave? Hold on a sec. <laughs> what do you reckon? No, he's doing it. He's... I'll take that. Oh, well, I think we just got the first call room shoey on, on the uh, in the Zoom room. Um, now, I was going to tag the brewery in the podcast, but I'm not really sure whether I should now. I'm not sure exactly how the brewery would feel about having their delightful, well, you know, thought out beer being drunk from a West Australian shoe. That's all right. Not we just any shoe, a West Australian shoe. It all adds to the flavour, mate. Yeah, yeah. You, surely you're wearing a shoe right now, Dave. <laughs> So this conversation doesn't really go too well for the people listening with the podcast, but uh, um, when David was just asked if he was wearing shoes, he put his feet in the air and sure enough, uh, in a Melbourne winter, David was shoeless. If you've run as many marathons as I have, like literally, you uh, you don't want to put your foot in a shoe. It just Everything just hurts. <laughs> you know? Um, we digress. We digress we quite a lot there. Um, and I can I just say, I actually completely agree with what I thought when I saw marshmallow on a can. That's not normally a word that I'd associate with the kind of beers I like, but I'm not getting a huge amount of that. If anything, just a little bit almost on the front teeth. I sort of get a little bit of sweetness that I sort of feel there, but it's such a well-balanced beer. We'll crack it's... another one. Maybe Pete can fill his shoe up. I'm waiting for the gin. <laughs> Hopefully we don't spill it all over ourselves. Yes, it's a full can. It's just to be a little controversial on this one. I do not like beers like this. Um, I always find they're a little bit cloying. And whereas the previous, the beers I like clean the palate. So I put some uh, Stone Age Love in it, about 30%, and it's delicious. Ooh. balances out the marshmallow. It gives it just this little backbone. And like you can see by the colour of mine, I haven't put a lot in there. Um, and you should never, ever be afraid of blending beers. We love a good blend. Um, it probably doesn't happen. Beers are blended, right? <laughs> you look at all the, all, the, all the great barrel-aged beers are blended, all the great imperial stouts are blended. You know, the barrel stuff. It's all a blend of barrels. It's very easy to blend two styles. You know, it's just people say you can't. And uh, one of the best beers of the Furious, oh, sorry, not the Furious, I keep going to Furious, Magnificent Seven was blended out of a few barrels down there at, uh, geez, uh, Deeds, was it? Deeds? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that was a phenomenal beer. That, that was, was, that was ridiculous. That was uh, very, uh, very well done. So, yeah. Yeah. Thing I, for the people who haven't seen how breweries work, 
just like once more into the fray, there's seven or eight different recipes that go into six or seven different barrels. And it's the same at Boat Rocker and it's the same everywhere. Ramjet isn't exactly the same every time they brew it. It's similar, but they'll do one with more oats and one with less. They'll, they just keep tweaking it so that when you get to that point where you go, I need to make a blend for my yearly Ramjet release, I need 20 barrels and I've got 60, you pick the best 20 that go together to make the best. Ah. So, um, for, we're gonna we're gonna move on, but for anyone that brought the pack that's listening to the podcast afterwards or is in the Zoom room tonight, hey. blending uh, those up is really so. cool. It's 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 quite uh, if you're sitting there side by side, you get it's it's quite different. It's it's kind of a cool thing. Um, we're we're gonna be joined by by Mark Osborne soon, who I can see has just joined us in the Zoom room. So let's keep tracking on this for a second. Um, the guys that do this seem to do a lot of fruit infusion beers, obviously. Um, and I think we've got a bit of an insight already as to what everyone thinks um, of, of this beer, as well as probably other fruit infusion beers. So is there, has anyone that's sitting in the room tonight with us tried any more of their, any other of these guys' beers? The Dream Series is the Dream Series. This particular Dream Series um, beer was uh, walk up only. Um, So we were very lucky to actually get the beer um, because of the the lucrativeness or the the, the, the exclusiveness, I should say, of uh, what was to be the the black box project that turned into the Furious Five. Um, We really pulled some strings to get access to very rare, very one-off or beers that just don't make it to Australia. So um, of the Dream Series, it's the first can that we've, uh, the, the first can series that uh, we've we've got from Burley Oak, uh, hopefully not to be the last. Um, but, yeah, we, we pulled some strings to get this particular beer here. You, um, no one's actually, I think, told the Burley Oak story particularly. So, you know, in amongst those beautiful bird calls from Western Australia, are you able to just to tell us a bit about the brewery? You know, <laughs> I, I love as we say in Australia, and welcome Mark Osborne to the uh, to the show. We'll, we will very shortly get to you and your delicious beer. But you just saw what we uh, call in Australia a, a wonderful hospital pass, which is where you um throw the ball to someone. It could be in you know NFL or it could be in Aussie Rules. Uh, just as they're about to get hit by one of the tacklers. So you just saw someone go, <laughs> who can tell us about the Burley Oak? And I've just never seen a ball handed off quite so quickly to a bloke who's about to be tackled by a 500 pound <laughs> Goliath. I'll do the tackling. I'll do the tackling. Uh, it actually sounds a little bit more like the tackler there, David. You might um, know a little bit more about them than what I do. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually, um, I actually tried to find out a little bit more information on the brewery themselves. But as far as um, where they're from, Ber- Ber- um, Berlin, Maryland, they're all about uh, sustainability and and local sort ofness, and they put so much emphasis on their fruited sour series, obviously the dreams and jelly not gems, um, and they've just evolved into that little bit of a cult following from where they're from. 
and where they're around. So they're obviously sourcing a lot of local produce, everything they build, they use, you know, like um, local materials and, and like I said, a lot about sustainability. So, I mean, a brewery that puts so much emphasis and care on um, and focus on, on their beers, it just, it shows like as you, as we went around the room and, and tried this particular beer, I mean, you can tell, you can just tell when a brewery has that, has everything sort of together and can, can, and you can taste the balance and, and, and the fruit and the care that's, and everything's, everything's come together. So yeah, we love it. I, I think the, the, the Burley Oak story for Australia is um, just beginning uh, to be told. Um, this is a second shipment um, that we've brought in of these guys. And the, the, this is the first uh, dream series and um, in cans. Anyway, yeah, we have can, had a couple of kegs. We had a couple of kegs that, obviously don't really go too far they go to one one uh, venue or uh, you know one venue here one venue there but I do feel that the the Burley Oak uh, story is in, in its infancy here in, in Australia and um, their beers from what we've um, experienced have held up extremely well um, and look they're they're, they're going to continue to uh, produce beer over there and as long as they keep doing that and producing good good beers that uh, you know travel uh, to Australia well um, in in the cold, uh, then look, there's no reason to not continue that story. It's um it's very much worth checking out their socials, obviously of all the brewers, but, but you know having checked out the guys uh, on this one, the number of different kinds of fruit they use, it's quite an amazing sort of you know, daring do attitude they have to the kinds of beers they're producing. Certainly. It certainly is. And like you said, because they're not afraid to use so many fruits, that's why obviously the dream series and, and the likes of have just become massive and so popular. Hey guys, that was the end of our first episode on the Carwin Furious Fire Pack. Um, make sure you log into your podcast app and download the second episode where we speak with Mark Osborne from Adroit Theory. Uh, that was a really interesting chat, um, so hopefully you all uh, have a listen to it. Cheers.